Good morning, good morning, good morning, good morning, good people. Ah, yeah, you know what it is. Hard worker, scrappy, unfiltered, and sometimes unhinged football content. Hard to explain, but you know it when you see it. Doing it daily, our way. I don't know what you're talking about right now. Redraft and Dynasty Fantasy Football, we got you covered. You know their defense is ranked like 31st in the NFL? NFL draft prospects and rookies? Now you know you're in the right place for that. Absolutely. All right, then stop saying it. Then we're done. And prop bets with my man Jay Rich. Count that money, man. Now wipe the crust out of your eyes. Get you a cup of coffee. It's time to wake your ass up with Ray G. You honestly are making absolutely no sense and you sound silly as hell. Good morning, good morning, good morning, good people. It is Tuesday, March the 8th, 2022. It's Wake Up with Ray G. I don't know what's cracking. I don't know what the hell is going on. The stream stopped at the beginning. We're in, we're out, we're here. We're live, I think, yes, unhinged, uh, unfiltered. Rico, <laughs> Ricardo said take Jay off the screen. It's out of control. Um, flashing light is gone. We changed everything up. All this shit has changed. We're in the building, happy to be here today. We got a lot to talk about. I promise you it's going to be a good show, I think. Fingers crossed, fingers crossed. Jay, how you doing this morning? I'm good, man. I'm good. Uh, like you said, cold intro. It's uh, it's been a weird one so far. It's been a weird one, but I'm excited. You know, it's, oh, it's one of those man. things that you you can't prepare yourself for these moments sometimes. So when they come, you got to just roll with it. But it's to be gotta... a fun edit for the podcast peeps, though. God, I don't even know what it's going to sound like. Um... <laughs> audio only probably terrible neither here nor there we're in the building and uh as jay alluded to franchise tag day we've already got some news with some players being franchise ta- franchise tagged uh here in dallas we're hoping they don't use a tag on one particular player that i like very much but it would be a bad move uh we we crushed we crushed so yesterday uh jordan backus shout out to jordan backus who runs the analytical side of everything that we do he ran through five or six super flex rookie mocks in a day, like just cranked them out, right? Different people getting them in. Um, these aren't like simulated. We actually had however many people, five times 12, what's that, 60, 60 different mock drafters go through some super flex mocks post NFL combine. So we'll take a look at the ADP and look at the players who there was a lot of movement, y'all, a lot of movement. So let's just see uh, what rookie drafts are looking like post NFL, NFL combine. We also have NFL prop bets for first players drafted off of the board. So if you have a DraftKings or if you use some other uh, some other betting site, then you can check that out right now. And I'm sure it'll be coming to Prize Picks real, real soon. Use the promo code WAKEUP, link in the description. Dollar for dollar deposit match for first-time depositors up to 100 bucks. Sub to the show. And somebody always posts on the comments of this. Comments are good for the algorithm. So if y'all are in the building... Appreciate the comments, man. Keep them going. Comment on the YouTube channel. Uh, we appreciate y'all. But Jay, what's uh, who got tagged? Who didn't get tagged? What's all this shit mean, man? Oh man, tag day is just a brutal day in the NFL. But the biggest one is still Rodgers, right? Rodgers should come a little bit later today, so we'll see what happens with that. That's ultimately gonna cause a move or not move with Devonte Adams. So I'm interested to kind of see what happens there. You talked about Orlando Brown for the Kansas City Chiefs got tagged. And that means Tyron Matthew can't be tagged, so he's going to be a free agent. And then the other guy that you mentioned to me, actually, I didn't even see this one, was Chris Godwin. Chris Godwin getting tagged by Tampa. It just, it breaks my heart, man. A player who is so talented, I just want him out of Tampa Bay. Not because I don't like Tampa Bay. I mean, I don't love Tampa Bay. But they don't have a quarterback now. He deserves to get some freedom. Get out of Tampa Bay. He can't do that this year, but he's going to make $18 million, so I can't feel too bad for him, especially while he's nursing that ACL, MCL injury. Mike Williams is not going to be franchise tagged, so they have until 4 o'clock today to match, to come up to an agreement as far as a contract goes, or he will be a free agent. David Njoku, for some reason, got franchise tagged, and the Browns are saying they're going to retain Austin Hooper at, I believe, a $9.5 million cap hit. So they're spending twenty million dollars on their tight ends. Seems oh, they like said a they're smart keep, move. They said they're keeping Hooper. I thought they were letting him go. Oh no, he's staying. So they're paying, oh, I believe, wow. ten point nine million dollars for Njoku this year, and they're retaining Hooper at nine and a half million. So they're paying twenty million for two decent tight ends, I guess at best. And then Jesse Bates also got tagged. And like you talked about, kind of in your little intro, Dalton Schultz. We're still waiting for the fallout of that. Whether he gets tagged by the Dallas Cowboys, I did see though today, or maybe that broke yesterday. But Dak restructured his deal, so they freed up $16 million in cap from Dak's deal. 
Um, I'm assuming they convert it to signing bonus like they do with lots of contracts. But the rest of the league, we'll see. You know, um, I don't think there's any that I missed. If there's any I missed, let me know. But it's crazy to see all this stuff happen. Mike Williams is one of the big ones. Rogers, obviously the biggest. He'll probably break it on McAvee's show. McAvee's yeah. show will break records today in downloads yeah. and watches. So what about us? We'll see do what happens think, with that. Do you think we could break records like the McAfee show? Do you think there's a chance? I think if we do another cold open, people will tune in to watch people the show. People will tune in. So, That's what I like. That so, positivity, man. That The glass half full type of guy. Uh, you didn't talk about Ridley, man. Calvin Ridley. Yeah. Calvin Ridley it suspended soul, for a man. year. That's my guy. Suspended for a year for uh, going with the uh, eight leg eight leg parlay. Uh, low probability the play right special, there. Special as I call yeah, it. Those are those are low probability bets. The eight leg parlay. Ridley said YOLO and uh, got busted. Um, and it, I think the full thing was because he used like one of the American books, right? Like he used the. Uh, yeah. He so used one NFL, of the American guess, has, things. Yeah, yeah. Well, yeah, the NFL has people that they hire to look into this stuff. And so you see crazy things like Ridley's FanDuel username was Calvin Ridley, Atlanta Falcons player or something. like. So he got caught. And the, the worst part of it was that he used his cell phone, right? So you got to figure the NFL probably has some form of tracking on these cell phones, especially if it's attached to your phone number. Well, what it, for a lot of what it places, was you is have they, to confirm they, your identity. Well, they so they have a, they have a him. service they have a service that is um uh, like linked to all the books right so if they yeah. use it you and like you said you got to identify your identity you can't like you got to submit a driver's license or something like that so they they've got you know trackers on these services not so much the cell phone um but when he signed up or or placed the bet it triggered one of these services that they pay for um and was caught so he suspended for the entire. 2022 NFL season. Um, uh, there's a lot to unpack here. One, Godwin getting tagged second year in a row. This tells me one of two things. One, Tampa Bay has no clue what they're doing. Or two, maybe they have a feeling that they're going to land a free agent quarterback. Maybe they, maybe they, maybe they're thinking we're bringing Godwin back. We're bringing back Mike Evans. Uh, maybe we draft a running back in the second. But maybe, maybe, maybe they're one of the front runners to to land a Russell Wilson. Um, Deshaun Watson we don't know I, I just th when you when you're paying a wide receiver another you know damn near 20 million dollars again th there's got to be a plan in place right there right um Mike Williams not being tagged by the Chargers I know everybody's saying like defense and they need defense drastically in that division in the AFC West but I think this screams draft I, I think this screams wide receiver and I'd be on the lookout what do they draft at 17 I think they pick pick 17 that's Something that like could that, yeah. be that could be Drake London, Garrett Wilson, Chris Olave territory. Maybe like think about Jamison Williams with Justin Herbert, you know? Yeah. With that arm, you got Keenan Allen working short to intermediate, and then you got J Mo once healthy taking the top off the defense with Justin Herbert. I think immediately uh his value in Dynasty rookie drafts would go through the roof. Uh the Cowboys, if they do tag Dalton Schultz, which I think would be the wrong move. I'm the biggest Dalton Schultz truther told people to fade all the Blake Jarman noise over the summer. If they do that, Dalton Schultz is locked and loaded. If they give him money or commit to him long-term, he's locked and loaded top 10 dynasty tight end and probably the cheapest top 10 dynasty tight end you've ever gotten because no one believed in him coming into the season, so he's practically free. Um, you know, Orlando Brown staying with the Chiefs, good job for them to, to keep that offensive line in front of Patrick Mahomes together. Tyron Matthew hitting the open market, good player still, a great player, but I think his best days are behind him at this point in time. Uh, had, had some issues staying healthy. And Calvin Ridley, you know, on tomorrow's show, normally on Wednesdays we do Q&A, but we're, we're kind of we're changing that around. So we're going to take like this uh, stock X, but fantasy football stock market kind of uh, – you know, angle with the show. We're going to look at some dynasty trades involving probably one Calvin Ridley. Uh, we're going to just check the, the the heat check, the temperature check on some of these players, uh, trades, mock draft trends, watch list type stuff. So we'll definitely get into some dynasty trades, review those with y'all live on the show and just do some sort of dynasty market value conversations and still take Q and A's from the audience, but make sure you're tapped in for tomorrow's show because I think it'd be a good one. Um, Calvin Ridley, by the time he comes back, so he turns 28 in December, he'll be 28 years old going into his first eligible football season back, right? His value, 
if you have him, I guess you got to kind of hold him, right? Like, what are you willing to give up for Ridley? I wouldn't trade a second for him, but if I can get him for a third rounder, I'd probably do that. And hopefully, fingers crossed, bet on him not betting again and being able to come back into the NFL in 2023. But just real quick, where are you at with Calvin Ridley um, as far as his value in Dynasty moving forward? I still like him a lot. Um, one of the weird situations, like I was talking to my buddy Jordan Vanek about this this morning, and it's not like Ridley did anything wrong in the public eye, right? You know, you see some of these domestic violence cases and things like that. It makes signing a player and bringing them in more difficult. But in the case of Ridley, I don't think there's going to be any backlash for what he did from a like ability to come back on a team. If he looks good, he could get a good contract, at which point he's locked and loaded to go. He wanted out of Atlanta, and I think this is going to basically solidify that. But you got to wait a year for that to happen. Um, I was offered Diami Brown in a third, and I was like, what? Like, come on. You know, it's still Calvin Ridley. So I think you're right. I think if you get a second somehow and you want to sell, it's it's fine value. Maybe you like a rookie in that spot. You want to sell Ridley. But I think the best move, honestly, is if you're not a contender, go buy him. Go go buy him for a second round pick if someone will move him because you're way down the line. And eventually when he comes back, you could get a first for him. He's still Calvin Ridley. But again, yeah, like you got to hold him. You can't really sell him for a third. People are going to try and get him, but it's just not worth it to sell. Yeah, and I, I asked this question yesterday because I wasn't um, uh, – I'm not the biggest baseball historian, right? Like, I, I watch the game. I know who the good players are, things of that nature. But I asked the question, like, isn't that what got Pete Rose banned from baseball was betting yeah. on his own team, right? Um, yeah. And I, I, I'm just I, – I don't know, and I know a lot of people are, are talking about different suspensions that the NFL has levied out over the past 10 years. And I don't think we need to dive into the minutia of every one of those, but I think there's a big problem, right? Um, what he did wrong, he broke the NFL rules. Like, you can't gamble, right? You can't do that. That's just part of, if you want to be employed with the NFL, there's certain rules you have to follow. Um, but you look at the magnitude and the severity of other suspensions that players have received um, for doing, in my opinion, far worse uh, crimes yeah. or far ro- far worse things, right? Um in human life, right? Other than, you know, betting eight-leg parlays. I think there are worse things that have been done and players have received far less punishment. It's one of those things that I don't know. I haven't looked at the NFL rulebook or understand why that's such a problematic issue. I mean, even college football players, man, we weren't allowed to play in fantasy football leagues. Like, you couldn't play in fantasy leagues for money because that was that was considered gambling. And if you were, you could lose your eligibility for playing fantasy football with a $25 pot at the end of the day. So I, I understand their rules, but it's kind of like, damn, man, like you, this player gets suspended a game or two here for, for yeah. guilt being pleading guilty to this or video evidence of that. Um, you know, and again, I don't want to dive into the, to the minutia, but Kareem Hunt's playing football. And we saw, you know what I mean? Like he... It wasn't a full year that he was out, I don't believe. Um, I, games, I, I, don't, I believe, something like that. Listen, man, um, just my opinion. I think some things should probably be reevaluated and looked at. And I'm sure there are, are valid reasons why you probably shouldn't be playing and betting on the damn team that you're, that you're playing for. I completely understand that. But just seems a little, I don't know. I don't know. Just seems a inconsistent little inconsistent is the word. Yeah, right? feels a little. The offenses don't quite right? match the crimes. Yeah, but again, uh, I get it. Those are the rules that he has to follow. As far as Ridley's value, I don't know if I'd give up a second for him. I mean, he's had one thousand yard season in his career, I believe, one of those. So going into his oh age yeah. twenty eight season, one thousand yard career, who knows? I don't even know where it's cut. It's just a cluster, right? If you can get them for the low, buy them, hold them. We'll see what happens. Uh, but I'm not giving up anything significant. If you're asking me right now, would I rather have Chris Olave or Christian Watson on my team or Calvin Ridley? It's probably one of those young guys. Give me the Black Brock's prospect that's going to get the draft capital that I've got at least some sort of insulation with said player opposed to, to betting again on Calvin Ridley coming back and being productive. But if you can get him for the low, um, I don't think there's anything wrong with that. So let's talk. Let's, let's, let's talk combine. 
Fallout. From Ray, one second, one second, oh, one ahead, second. Ahead, we did ahead, get one. Ahead. We did get one super chat. Um, that James hmm. sent a twenty dollars super chat. So, I, you know, oh, dude, he, he wants the question me. answered, right? Stop. Yeah, stop. Stop. <laughs> stop. Twenty bucks. Stop the damn show. Let's go. I gotta make sure. I gotta make sure I answer his question. This guy's paying yes, the bills yes, here, so absolutely. I, I gotta get an answer. It, yes, keeping so, the lights on. Yeah. With the one on with the one on one and one on two, should I still be able to trade down, or should I be stoked to take Hall and Malik? With the way that Hall separated himself with the Combine, seems like those are very clearly the top two guys right now. Whoo, good question, man. Uh, I would be, I'd feel real good about Hall and Malik. I, I would. Yeah. I, I, I don't think at this juncture of where we're at, if I were going to make a pivot off of Brees, I would want quite a bit, right? I'd want to make sure that I get at least Kenneth Walker and some, right? So let's just say hypothetically, you can move one of those picks. And you, you drop back just a couple of slots to still guarantee you, guarantee you, or close to guaranteeing you, Kenneth Walker, um, then and, and you get like 2023 picks, right? Like a 2023 first rounder for moving back a spot. Again, I think I still would want Brees Hall, but if I, if I had Kenneth Walker, is Kenneth Walker in a 2023 first enough to pivot off of Brees Hall, in your opinion? It's very close. It's, it's close, tough, right? It's close. Tough. It's close. I'd want to take it, but the I think value is there. I think where I, I think, but I think where I miss it is I think from a player perspective the value is right, but I think from a draft pick perspective, like if you're selling the 101, you should probably get more depending on where where that pick is. Like if it's 105 and 23 first, it's pretty good, but I'd probably want see if I can get a little bit more for the 101. Assuming it's the 101. Unless you can move the 102. Let's just say hypothetically you could yeah. you, you keep the 101, you lock in Brees, right? You move the 102 and you move back even if you move back to like 105 if you could pick up a 2023 first rounder, I would do that. I, I don't yeah. think at this juncture I would want to miss out on Brees. Like I'm just at that point he would be the one that I'm like, "Okay, I'm taking him. I'd be fine missing passing on Malik." And then winding up with the Matt Corral at the 105, and you got a 2023 first. That's how I would. That's how I'd freak the situation. Lock in Brees Hall at 101, move off of 102, but I wouldn't move back too far. We'll look at some ADP today, and we'll we'll, we'll have this conversation. How? Where's your cutoff point? Where's your cutoff point in 2022? Like, where are you? Like, I would like to have some players that get drafted a little bit later, but these are the ones that are locked and loaded that I want. So. Um, great question. Good situation to be in. But uh, yeah, if I'm if I'm if I'm if I'm doing that, the way I freak it is I keep the 101, trade the 102, move back a couple of spots, pick up a 2023 first round pick. That's how I would 100%. do it. So um, let's talk. Let's talk ADP. Let's talk ADP, Jay. Uh, after the combine, you know, it gets wild, right? Now, now we're starting to see rookie mocks where we've got more information. I've seen some god awful trades, uh, god awful rankings out there. I, I, I mean. There was some I dropped in the Discord yesterday, Jay, that I, I truly feel for some of you if you pay some of these pe people for, for this type of advice. Just terrible. Terrible tiers, terrible rankings, just dog shit from top to bottom. Here's my thing, and I, 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 I got to preface this today by saying this. You know, anybody out there that's putting stuff out there, they should be able to tell you how they got there. All right? Flat out. Point blank period. Your favorite analyst, I don't care who, and there are some damn good ones out there that are showing you and telling you exactly how they got to the conclusion that they arrived to. Put your work out there, man. Show it. How, why, why do you have Jamison Williams as wide receiver one? Why is it that Kenneth Walker is your RB1? Listen, everybody in this chat, there's 228 of y'all. You can put, everybody right now can write down their top three running backs, their top three wide receivers, their top three tight ends. Every last person on this call can do that right now. Everyone on the stream can do that right now. You don't need to pay somebody to get some uh, subjective opinion uh, based in nothing, right? Like, at least show how you got there. Like, why do you have David Bell so low? Why is Chris Olave your wide receiver one? If it's just based off of the, the shit that's in your head, some crazy opinion, like, just... You're better off trusting your own gut, right? And I'm not telling you to look at what I'm doing and be like, there it is, at least he showed. But at least I'm telling you the process in which I got there, right? And I think that's the beauty of kind of doing it before the combine. Like, I, I had an opinion formed on these players before they even stepped on the track and ran, before they tested, before they weighed in. And what that allows us to do 
is adjust, right? Adjust based on draft capital. If you want to consider landing spot and fit, you can adjust that way. But everybody out, because a lot of people have been telling you this class is god awful. It's a terrible 2022 class. And all I saw yesterday is how good the top half of it is. Oh my God, you definitely want Brees and you want Kenneth Walker and Garrett Wilson and Christian Watson and Chris Olave. Now it's good. Now it's good after we saw the underwear Olympics. Make everybody out there show how they got there. If you're doing this, if you're out there peddling your ranks and your tears, tell us how we how you got there. Show us how you got there because the people deserve that, man. You got people paying for your service. Tell them how you got there. Stop with the silly stuff. Tell them how they got. Show your work. You feel me? Show show your work, Jay. I don't oh, know where I was uh, going with that. So so I you think don't that, have ranks. So you don't. Yeah, I don't. I don't, I don't have any rankings. I was actually asked yesterday for my rankings. I was like, oh man. I mean, I, I'm sorry. I don't have them. Ray told me I can't put out rankings. I don't watch enough tape, and that's just what it is, you know. So you just gotta respect that. All right, let's and I go. Let's the hustle out of you. All right, let's get into um, ADP. How do you want to do it? You want to show the whole thing, or just kind of talk through? The top, uh, let's talk through the top 10. All right, let's talk through the top yeah, 10. Run, I haven't even looked at them, so just run them through Okay, me. Run them through right, me let's, and let's just, let's let's just see what happens. All right, so right now, pre-combine, pre-combine, uh, this player was coming off the board in Superflex League. So this is Superflex ADP, five mock drafts conducted yesterday. This player was com- coming off the board at the 103 spot. He has bumped to 101, and we all know who it is. Wild guess, you know who it is. It's Brees Hall. Brees Hall is being taken consensus 101, and he was the number one pick across all five mock drafts yesterday. There was no variance. He was number one five out of five times. It's Brees Hall, bro. And that's probably what it should be. It, even My question to you is, even in Superflex, are you taking Brees at the top spot? No. Not guaranteed. Okay. Uh, I think there's a situation where definitely I'm there. Uh, from what we saw, definitely RB1. And I think the bigger reason why this is a question now is the scarcity of the position and the clear disparity between Brees and the next running back, right? Uh, but I still think there's a world where Malik and Corral at 101 makes tons of sense. There's a lot of really good landing spots for quarterbacks. If one of them goes there, I still think I would take one of those quarterbacks over Brees Hall. But I don't think you're going wrong with Brees Hall, especially where he's valued right now in the community. Maybe you don't think he's a top six running back or top seven running back, but for a lot of people, he's valued there. And so from that standpoint, you're getting a ton of value, probably more than you're getting out of Malik or Corral in startup drafts this year. Man, I think it's a conversation, man. Um, I I don't want to go this far, right? I don't want to, I'm not comparing these players. I'm not comparing either of these two players at all, but it kind of reminds me of if we could go back in time, and I'm just saying, who would you rather have, Joe Burrow or Jonathan Taylor on your dynasty rosters? Because those were that that class, super flex. It was like Joe Burrow won. We're not. If we could, I was going to say, don't don't lie to the people because well, Clyde listen, was listen, up well, there. Well, okay, well, let's get that. Let's let's eliminate. <laughs> it that. wasn't. That not, it wasn't Jonathan Taylor, Joe Burrow. It, it was Jonathan been, Taylor, it shouldn't Joe have been Burrow, happening. Clyde Edwards-Hilaire. It shouldn't have been happening. Like revisionist history. If we can go back, I think the top three would have been Herbert, Burrow, JT, right? But what was really happening was JT and Clyde or Joe Burrow, but let's get Clyde out of the equation. And I'm just asking you, would you rather have Jonathan Taylor or Joe Burrow right now? I think I'd rather have Joe Burrow. Okay, so if you'd... And I'm not not comparing Malik to Burrow, but is... What's the gap between Malik and Brees Hall? Um, I think... Right off the rip, like right off the bat, there's a big gap. I, I trust Brees a hell of a lot more to come into the NFL, down, set, hut, turn around, hand the ball, run the ball, opposed to Malik Willis doing a five-step drop, uh, facing cover three cloud coverage, blitz off the edge. He's got to change his protection, deliver the ball accurately and on time. I trust Brees Hall a lot more right off the rip as a rookie than I do Malik Willis. Now, if Malik Willis hits this proverbial ceiling that we're talking about, then I think it's a real question because I think he could be a top 10 dynasty type quarterback. We, we talked about it yesterday. I, Brees Hall, given the draft capital, I, I, I don't, if he's a top 50 pick, he's already a top 10 dynasty running back already. And I don't Easily, think that's a yeah. hot take. And I think that's, I think he's comfortably inside the top 10. Mm-hmm. With that being said, I th- we're still at the 101. I, I think Brees Hall is the 101. <laughs> Super flex or okay. not. I think from Bruce a Hall's value perspective, absolutely, absolutely. I think he's the one on one man. I think he is. I think you have to take him, and that's just what I would do. I don't care if I don't care if it's super flex or not. Um, wouldn't the super flex value be in Willis? No, 
I, Brees will go I, higher in startup drafts. I'd almost guarantee it. I'd almost guarantee it. he'll probably be a yeah. back end second round pick in startup drafts. He'll go before Cam Akers. He'll go before a lot of the okay. older backs. I, let's talk about. Okay, know, like, let's talk. Let's talk about it. Let's talk. Let's talk about it then. And I know, I know we we got some people that aren't as high on Cam Akers in here, and I get it. Like I I truly do. He did not look good. But let's play the let's play. Would you rather game? Would you rather Ooh. Brees Hall or Cam Akers right now? I think I'm still Cam Akers, not knowing landing spot. I like okay, him Bre- a lot. Brees Hall or J.K. Dobbins? Oh, Brees Hall. Brees not Hall, Travis Etienne. I think it's still Brees Hall. Brees Hall, Saquon Barkley. Ooh. I guess I'd probably go Brees Hall. Brees Hall, Javonta Williams. Oh, I think it's Javonta Williams. I think he's right there. I think he's right. I think the, the better question, honestly, is Brees Hall or Christian McCaffrey? Like straight up. I think it's for close. This, for this season, CMC. This season, I think but, Christian McCaffrey. But if we're talking dynasty and you got to make that decision, right? You have to make. It's close. You can't be, you can't be like, hey, let's pause the startup draft and let's, yeah. wait, let's wait until next year before I make the selection. Keep them on the board. A lot of people are saying Javonta easy. Um yeah. So, yeah. Ray, to explain the, my process to the people, right, who not not thinking about this as the way I am, I'm thinking of it as, like, Javante is in a plus landing spot. I think that Travis Etienne's kind of in a, not a negative, Brees. but not a positive, Brees. neutral at best, right? Uh-huh. Yeah, Brees over Mixon. And, and so Brees. I just think that Brees has an equal shot of going to a good team or a bad team. And if he goes to a good team, he's going to be, he'll be really damn good. I don't really, think it really ma- good. I don't think it matters, but I think Javante, I don't think it matters. A little bit, a little bit. Nah, man. Sure. Uh, nah, I don't think it matters. I, I think landing spot matters very little for running back. Even we knew Najee Harris's landing spot. What, like, yes, it was ideal because the Pittsburgh Steelers are going to run the shit out of their running back, but we knew the offensive line was putrid. We knew Ben Roethlisberger was cooked, and he still was fed volume. David Montgomery's not in some ideal situation. As long as you're getting the volume, man, I don't think there's. Yeah. I don't think there's any bad running back spot. I don't. Like, the more I, I look at it, I maybe the New England Patriots is the only one that's bad because they're going to use 15 running backs. But uh, I think the conversation, you, you're talking about the top dynasty running backs, Jonathan Taylor, DeAndre Swift, Javonta Williams. Um, I'm taking Brees over just about – he's 20 years old. He's going to be 21 yeah. as a rookie, his entire rookie season, 21 years old. And wherever he's valued now, let's just give him floor at RB9 in Dynasty. That's only going to go up, good or bad season. He's going to be higher yep. than that going into the 2023 season. So it's one of those things. It's like just get ahead of it, right? Just just get ahead of it and put him as a top six Dynasty running back and just be done with it, be ahead of consensus. All right, good lord, right? Uh, the next two picks off of the board. Let me just show this shit. Let's just let's just put it on the screen, man. Let's just put it on the screen. All right, here we go. ADP. It's small. It's tiny, but you can kind of see it. So Brees Hall coming off at the. Uh, <laughs> you dirty dog. Brees Hall coming off the board at uh, 101. Malik Willis and Matt Corral back to back quarterbacks coming off at the board. Matt Corral came off the board at 108 in the final uh, mock we did yesterday. Kenneth Wolf. Walker seems like the consensus RB2 at this point. His ADB pre-combine was 6.8 after the combine, uh, 5.4, and he's come off the board at the 104 spot. Looking like Kenneth Walker, you're getting him around 5.6 pretty consistently, 5.6. Traylon, still wide receiver one, but look at the drop, man. We shouldn't have been taking him damn 101 in super flex drafts in the first place, but Traylon coming off 108, uh, 1.8 pre combine ADP, post combine down here at 5.4, um, and as low as the 107, as low as the 108. So big time uh, faller for Traylon. Garrett Wilson kind of held serve as the art is the wide receiver two off of the board, uh, post combine coming off the board at uh, wide receiver two. Drake London, he actually got a little bit of a bump up, actually got a little bit of a bump up. We saw him as high as the fourth overall pick in a uh, in a rookie mock. Uh, Isaiah Spiller falls from RB2 to RB3. I think this is appropriate based on what he did not do, which was nothing, right? Uh, coming off the board, uh, he was coming off the board as the RB2 at 4.6. Now he's 7.2 and as low as the 109. I'd be just fine getting uh, Isaiah Spiller at 1.9 if I could. Kenny Pickett. 
another faller, right? Kenny Pickett uh, coming off the board at 109 and super flex as low as 112. Yeah, back of the first for Kenny Pickett. J-Mo still holding on strong there. Wide receiver four uh, coming off the board at the 110 spot. He actually got a bump up post-combine ADP as high as the 109. So there you go, J-Mo at 109. Sam Howell still hanging on there, right? Good Lord, someone took him at 106. I saw that mock. A little wild there, saw that one. And then as low as the 16th pick off the board for Sam Howell, QB4. All right, and then we've got George Pickens and Chris Olave coming off the board at uh, wide receiver 5'6". Let's blow this shit up. Let's blow it up. Let's blow it up, Jay. Just get us off the, get us off the screen. Olave right here, wide receiver 6". Um, okay, all right, so decent little ADP back of the second. Olave gets the bump up. There goes Rashad White. Rashad White gets the bump coming off the board at RB4. RB4 for Rashad White at the 2-2 spot. So nice nice little bump for Chris Olave. Look at Ritter, big-time riser for Desmond Ritter, jumping up from 25.1 to 16.0, top of the second round for Ritter. Saw him as high as the 203 in a mock draft. Christian Watson, Jumped up 10 spots, man. Christian Watson at one point got picked at the 201. 201 spot in this final rookie mock. The 13th player off the board. Jahan Dotson. Um, feels like he fell a little bit. Wide receiver 8. As low as the 20th pick off of the board. David Bell. Definitely uh, a faller. He was coming off the board right there at 201. Now he's sort of in the middle. Back half of the second round. Zeus White. Zeus White. RB5. There we go. Zeus White, big time jump, man. He was coming off the board at 32.3. Now he's coming off the board as the 18.8 player off of the board, RB5. Second round pick, and we talked about this yesterday, man. There's no more getting Zamir White in the third, fourth round. That's a wrap. Look at this fall. Kyron Williams. And it's crazy because he didn't fall like a ton in total, but when you're looking at where he's drafted at, 23rd player, 23rd player, 22nd player, Whoever took him at the 111 saved his ADP. Whoever did that and taking him at 111, which is egregious, saved his yeah. ADP because there's no way in hell um, I'm taking Kyron Williams at 1.11. That's just, that's bad. We should have just X'd that out and not even had that in the damn data set. Sky Moore, nice bump up for Sky Moore. Brian Robinson, a little bit of a bump up. I still think he's going to be back in second round pick. That's probably where B-Rob is locked in. Tyler Algier with a little bit of a dip. Uh, at 21, from 21 to 24.6. And what do you have? Carson Strong. I guess that's the only one. Let's go to, is this the top 30? Yeah, let's just look at the top 30. Carson Strong, Trey McBride, James Cook got a bump up from 31 to 25. Justin Ross, Alex Pierce, Damian Pierce. And look at the drop for Wandell. Wandell uh, dropped almost 10 spots in the, in the mocks, right? Almost 10 spots. And Damian Pierce wasn't even drafted in this one. So, there goes a look at sort of the uh, the ADP post-combine. What stands out to you, Jay? I know it's mad small, but <laughs> maybe it looks bigger on your phone. The objects are closer. In the... What do you think? What do you think? Um, I think the clear winner, right? We talked about it yesterday. It's Christian Watson. Uh, Christian Watson continues to rise. Um, I was a little... I'm not surprised that Tyler Algier dropped so much, and I know that we're souring on Carson Strong, but that's... If you're getting Carson Strong around pick 24, I mean, I don't hate it. You know, it's kind of where we were taking Davis Mills last year. Kellen Mond, one worked out, one didn't, right? Mm -hmm. And so I think that value is really fine. You know, seeing Kenny Pickett go at, what, four yeah. in one of the drafts, that's just why, yeah. like, honestly, I don't know what these people are doing. Then you got Sam Howell at six. I don't really see it personally, but teach their own, right? If QBs go early, maybe that's just how the cookie crumbles. But I think the biggest thing for me that surprised me is now we are seeing this clear separation where you have Brees Hall in his own tier, kind of Kenneth Walker in a tier two with Traylon Burks, Garrett Wilson, Drake London, and then Isaiah Spiller is going to just fall in behind those guys, I think, pretty much every draft. But then do we want to group in Pickett Williams in that sort of small little section there? I would probably still take JMO over Spiller and Pickett. I don't know, man. Like, I like Spiller. I, I, part of me thinks that JMO is just too low. Like it's just it's just so, too low. So right now Spiller's coming off at uh like the one seven spot. J Mo yeah. one 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 ten still. One ten. 
So, so Z says, Ray, no other team feeds the running back like the Steelers do. Landing spot matters. I, I disagree. I disagree. Like, we know that, right? And I think, here's the thing. I think that's baked into the ADP, right? I think it's already baked in. When Najee's drafted by the Steelers, I think it's baked in. I, I, I think when we, when, we, when we value landing spot, especially for running backs, and this is just my opinion. I'm not, not arguing. And Z, I appreciate it, man. You always tap into the show. Um, tweet me on Twitter all the time. Like we good love everything you're doing, bro. I, I just I disagree. I think running back, we we've done this song and dance before, right? Landing spot had us afraid for DeAndre Swift, and it had us overly excited for Clyde Edwards Elaire. I think the the landing spots already baked in once they're drafted, and when Najee Harris is a first round running back. And uh, he is inevitably drafted by a Steeler. Like, that's baked in. But I'm not, I think what we see so much, and I think it's a big problem, and you fall into a bad trap in Dynasty, is waiting till these landing spots get picked and then fading or buying based on those landing spots, right? Even even Cam Akers, right? And we know he had the Achilles injury, but pre-Achilles injury, people didn't like the Rams. Oh, the offensive line is bad. Don't really want Cam Akers. Uh, you know, uh, Clyde Edwards, he goes to the chiefs. He's RB one. There were people legitimately folks. And there's receipts out there. I did a whole video on it. Jonathan, people were panicked on Jonathan Taylor when they brought back, who was it? When they signed Naheem Hines, Marlon Mack, yeah, Marlon, they months. brought Marlon back and Naheem Hines and uh, uh, running back is just plug and play. It's just plug and play. They're getting cats off the, sh- off the couch. Again, Craig Reynolds, uh, Deontay Foreman comes out of nowhere and they throw him in Tennessee and he looks good. I just, I think falling into the running back landing spot situation, it's, vo- it's a volume based game. It's a, vo- if, if you, it's volume, right? The running back in the situation where the volume is like people, people lost their mind over Trey Sermon. Oh, he's in San Francisco. That's the back you want. Trey Sermon, third round, fourth round dynasty startup pick because he lands in San Francisco. When the reality, he was ass. He was, he was not good. Clyde Edwards-Hilaire, very much not good. And if you ba- if you draft based on landing spot or use that as a primary factor, uh, I-, I just think you fall into a trap more times than you hit. You know, people were kind of concerned about ETN in Jacksonville, and I guarantee you he's going to get a shit ton of volume come this fall. So um, I-, I don't really care when it comes to running back. And I think when they hit a good spot, it's already baked into their ADP. I'm not going to... Uh, I- I'm not going to make wholesale changes based on what team drafts drafts running backs in particular. Maybe maybe with quarterback, right? Like maybe with quarterback, they go into a situation where there's a lame duck co- lame head duck coach, lame duck head coach. Um, you know, bad kind of scheme system. But for for me, uh, just I'm I'm not going to make draft decisions based on landing spot. That's just how I that's how I operate, Jay. I know you kind of disagree with that a little bit, but uh, so it, to quickly disagree with you, the only reason why I'm just going to quickly disagree is because we're talking about Brees Hall himself, right, versus other players with landing spots. So I think depending on where he goes, there's a chance he goes to a better situation or a worse situation. But that doesn't change for me whether or not he's RB one, right? So we're talking about him relative to relative to other players. We know the approximate landing spots for these running backs. I think it's probably 50-50 whether it's good or bad. And I'm kind of judging whether I would take him over another player based on that player situation and then ultimately where I think he could go as a uh, as a rookie, right? Um, but I think he's still RB1 either way. Like Kenneth somebody, Walker's landing spot and Isaiah Spoh's landing spot won't change that. Somebody said, does uh, landing spot doesn't matter for running backs, but for the was asking me, does it matter for other positions or does it just not matter for running back? I mean, we we did this with wide receivers. We do it. All, we do it every year. We do it. Go, yeah. Put go back to 2020. I was on multiple draft streams. The 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 NFL drafts of 2020, and people did not like Justin Jefferson going to Minnesota because Adam Thielen was there. People did not like Ceedee Lamb because he was going on a team with Michael Gallup and Amari Cooper. People loved the fact that Jalen Rager landed in Philadelphia when there was no target competition around him. Right. I don't think I, I think I don't know how much it matters. It matters in the margins, in my opinion. Like in the margins, in the side notes, it matters to a small, slight degree. But for me, I'm not going to make wholesale changes. If Drake London gets drafted by the Jets, I don't give a shit. I, I still want him. If if Garrett Wilson is drafted by the Jets, I don't care. Give me that volume. It's going to happen. Like we do this 
every year. And I think the biggest mistake that people make in Dynasty or when they're making these fantasy football draft decisions is is wholesale changes based on what team drafts them. If you're a first-round pick, if, if the Cleveland Browns take a receiver, round one, even if their rookie season is bad, hold on, even if their rookie season is bad, if you're just going to fade because they go to Cleveland, what happens when they upgrade their quarterback situation the following season? What happens when Baker Mayfield is not there? Or you give you give Traylon Burks the type of volume that Jarvis Landry was getting, I guarantee he produces at a higher clip than what Jarvis was doing. So, listen, this is... This is for me doing this. I've only done it for three years, but the lessons that I've learned is not to place too much emphasis and value on where they're drafted, but when. If you're a first-round pick, you're probably guaranteed opportunity regardless of where you're at. Think about it, man. Think about it. Nikhil Harry, Jalen Rager, definitively not good. Not good. And they're still on the field. They're still getting opportunity. Jalen Rager had two chances versus the Giants to seal the game. One clanked off his face mask on the sideline, and one clanked off his hands down the middle of the field. That would have been a touchdown. They're still getting chances to play. Now, that leash and that that timeline has probably run its course, but as a first-round pick, they're still getting opportunity to play. Matt Kelly was talking about this with a DFB encounter. My man Drew O. They were t- it, it yields opportunity. You're going to get a shot. So as long as you're a first-round pick, I don't give a shit where you land. I don't. Fourth, fifth, sixth rounders, yes, I'm paying attention, right? All right, uh, uh, Elijah Mitchell hits a good landing spot. He's already a late-round pick. He's going to be a late-round dart throw. But if you're getting significant draft capital, I don't care where you go. I don't care. Like, I want that. I'm betting on the talent and the volume for those players in that situation. Yeah, no, I, I'm with you. And and I think it's just the problem for me is that people overreact and it's tiebreakers. And, and the last thing I'll say about this, and especially with Justin Jefferson, is it's important sometimes to know team personnel and how players get used. For people who really knew what was going to happen with Justin Jefferson, regardless of what you thought of the talent, he was replacing Stefan Diggs. And it was very clear that was what the Vikings were doing. And you can see that sometimes if you look hard enough into how these teams scheme their players and where the rookies may fit in on offense. Same thing with Najee Harris. We knew he'd be a bell cow back. It's just knowing the team personnel and situation. Yeah, and, I, and listen, I get it. Both I get it both sides of the coin, man. I, I really do. And, you know, Bruning says landing spot matters for QB. Depth chart and coaching matters more for, for QB, in my opinion. I think that... I, Listen, I get it on both sides. I'm not saying my way is the right way. I'm not saying it's the wrong way. I'll never say that because it's probably not. It probably is the right way. But I'm not saying that it's the right way and you got to, you know, I just, I've seen it play out more times than not that these landing spots that we think are prime end up not being as good as we initially thought. And there's some spot, no one's one's not drafting Elijah Moore because he's on the Jets and that offense stinks. It's a bad offense, right? We're still drafting DJ Moore year after year, knowing that the quarterbacks are Sam Darnold and Teddy Bridgewater and PJ Walker and and the Will Greer from West Virginia. We still draft those guys. We're still excited about. Uh, we were still excited about Ayuk uh, uh, in the San Francisco offense with Jimmy Garoppolo. I just yep. I've seen the talent prevails more time than not, opposed to the situation. Like, oh, such and such goes here. He's going to be a rock star because the situation is good. I just don't I don't want it to influence us and make wholesale changes like taking an RB4 in Clyde Edwards-Helaire and elevating to RB1 in a class just because he landed on the Chiefs and maybe that's more so what I'm saying. Um everything's ma- everything matters to a degree, right? Everything is a part of the picture that we're trying to paint. Um but that's just that's just that's all GQ's opinion of it. Um as far as your comment with JMO over Isaiah Spiller and Kenny Pickett I mean, I, I'm not going to knock it. I, I think Jameson Williams is going to be, if you've got the dynasty discipline to be patient with him and know that he may not play the first six to eight weeks of the season, but as soon as he's back, he's going to be a game-changing threat and has the, the type of potential that can just flip the field, uh, score you a ton of points with one or two receptions, and he's a complete receiver. I think you're getting a value at JMO at 110, man. Um, Christian Watson, seeing a lot of love for C. Watt in the chat and um again we think he's going to get that first round draft capital so coming off of the board here at wide receiver seven would you rather christian watson over olave or pickens and i'm asking you that would you rather watson over olave and pickens no 
I just, yeah. I, I'm not there yet in my process. Uh, I'm just, I'm trusting for the players I've seen do it at big time programs, um, getting coached by some of the best in the country. Christian Watson, no matter how high he gets drafted, it will be a learning curve for him. And so I get if you want to do that. But I think if I was to approach Christian Watson from this draft season, chances are I would trade for him midseason because I believe in the talent, but I don't believe he's going to do it right away. And for that reason, I'd probably fade him initially. Hope he you know, starts off real slow and I can buy him for a little bit cheaper early on. Yeah, it, I think this is such a this is such a deeper conversation than we have time to dive into, because you know as we're talking about it, I'm seeing that like this this makes sense, right? Yes, coaches could absolutely ruin a young QB, right? But she's she's right. Joe is right. It, there's just so many layers to this, right? Because you're you're trying to bet on the talent, but then you don't want to ignore shit situations, right? With bad coaches, uh, bad player development short patience, you know, like running back is drafted by Tampa Bay and he fumbles and you're already thinking, oh my God, is Bruce Arians going to put him in the doghouse? What happens if he goes to New England and drops a pass? Are they in the doghouse? There's a lot of unknown variables that I don't think we'll ever be able to quantify because we don't have that behind the scenes look at what's going on. And then two, we don't know the player's motivation, right? I'm not going to say names, but I know uh, a good friend of mine that I went to law school with played football with a guy that we loved in fantasy football for a long time. And even when he wasn't on the field, we still loved him and believed that if he came back, he could still be a star. Said the dude did nothing, like nothing at practice, n- like no kind of work ethic, just God-given talent, right? So there's so many factors and variables that come into play. All we're trying to do is make the the, the best bet possible. And the, the closest thing to that for sure bet is draft capital, right? Like what the NFL thinks of these players. If they get drafted in round one, and that's why for me, at least early in the draft, if you're a first round pick, if you faded all rankings, all data, and you're just like, I'm just going to take the players that were drafted in round one. Who is the round one wide receivers? Who are the round one running backs or the round two running backs? Because the second is the new first. Your hit weight would probably be, better long term than trying to guess and pick and choose oh I like this situation better like if you just drafted off of draft capital so it's an interesting conversation that I'm sure there's been data done shit even um a couple of years ago Jay I remember an article about five-star recruits out of high school right in the hit yeah. rate of those five-star recruits yeah. just if you just grade them based on their high school ranking of five-star recruits to first round draft picks I think there was some correlation between that. Now, you could go through the recruiting cycles uh, list and find three-star recruits like a J.J. Watt, a two-star recruit like a Justin Jefferson. Like There there are those guys littered throughout the NFL. But when yep. you're just talking about like five-star NFL players, five-star high school talents turned NFL players. You mean like Ross St. Brown? Fourth-round pick, Amon Ross St. Brown, five-star wide receiver. And I believe, was DPJ also a five-star receiver? DPJ was I a five-star. There's a lot of – there were there are a lot Productive of Productive NFL players. Again, you'll find the bust, the Dorio Green, Beckham's players like yeah. that. But CeeDee Lamb, four-star prospect. Jamar Chase, you know, four-star prospect. Five-star five depending on the service. But, uh, again, I say all this to say everything matters to a degree. For me, in my process – 98% of the process is done after the draft capital. Like if my deciding factor, we'll end with this deciding factor, right? Brees Hall and Kenneth Walker both get second round draft capital, right? They're both second round picks within two, three spots of one another. Doesn't matter. They're both second round picks. One of them lands in Tennessee. One of them lands in Atlanta. I'm going to take the Atlanta guy. Like, you know what I mean? I'm going to take that situation. Yeah. If they're if they're truly in the same tier to jump and I'm splitting hairs and I and I truly think both players are equal sort of value, right? Then I'll take the one that has the better situation or the clearer path to immediate opportunity. Let me say that. That's a that's a slick way to say it. The the more the 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 clearer one runway for immediate opportunity. And maybe that's a bad comparison because I think Brees Hall is better than Kenneth Walker by quite a bit. Like, I think he's better. So let's go wide receivers. And this was the question that was asked to me. And let's ask – I'm going to ask you. Okay. You you have Garrett Wilson, J-Mo, Traylon, Drake. Are they all around the same tier for you personally? Yeah. Yeah, okay. pretty close. One of them goes to Los Angeles with Justin Herbert. Traylon goes to L.A. with Herbert. Oh. Who's your, who, 
Garrett Wilson goes to Philadelphia. Drake London goes to Buffalo. Which one do you take? Did, like, do you take the better situation? Well, in that situation, it's Drake London. So you'll full it's, fade it's Garrett London. Wilson. You're full fade Garrett Wilson if he lands in Philadelphia. No, because I think naturally he will be the third or fourth wide receiver taken, right? But I think Drake London is the clear winner in that situation. You know, all guys are equally talented. You could say Traylon. I don't. Traylon's good. I like Traylon. I don't know if he's. I, I I like Traylon. He's he's good, but I don't think he's. I don't think he's gonna be a stud necessarily right away. I think I have more faith in some of the other guys, but they're all in the same tier because the talent, upside, all that stuff all kind of matches up. Um, okay. But yeah, Drake London and Buffalo is by far the best situation, especially knowing that Diggs hasn't been the best receiver lately. Like they could use someone who's talented there. All right. I, I, I don't even I don't even know where Chargers, I'm going with all of this, but a couple of more super chat questions. Which rookie RB will receive first uh first round Brees. draft capital, if any? Do you believe the rumor that Saquon trade back? I saw that, man. So we went through like trades, running back trades over the last like 15 years. We did this in the Discord. And I think the highest draft the the highest the running back got traded for was Trent Richardson got traded for first, but that was coming off of his rookie year. So it was still like some hope there for T. Rich. Yeah. I don't think anybody's trading a second or a first for Saquon, man. A 25-yard running back, multiple nope. injuries, third or fourth round. People wouldn't, buff- even trade, people wouldn't even trade a first for Christian McCaffrey. They wouldn't. Yeah, There's no it's way. crazy. It's crazy how devalued they are. And I think it should make us think about um, how we value these running backs and how long do you want to hold on. In Dynasty, I think we had one more super quat, super quat, super chat question. Um, no, that was it. That was that was the, that was the last one. It was from Rico, and then shout out to Andrew uh, for that. So tomorrow, all right, on the show tomorrow, we're gonna. This went a lot longer than I thought, man. Just good conversation. People in here asking damn good questions. Uh, so tomorrow on the show, we're gonna look at some trades. We got one featuring one Jamar Chase. Then we're gonna talk about. Uh, yeah, that that's not going to slip our minds. Uh, if you got some other comments and questions, drop them in the YouTube comments. We'll still do some Q&A stuff. But I want to look at the market value. Let's see what Ridley's getting traded for. Jamar Chase is still being traded for pennies on the dollar, in my opinion. We'll run through that tomorrow. We appreciate y'all tapping in. Remember, sign Jonathan Taylor helmet giveaway ends this week. Register at pristineauction.com forward slash register. Use the code allgas. Free newsletter. Subscribe to that. Hit the thumbs up button. Thank y'all for coming in the chat. Dope comments. We appreciate y'all tapping in and spending y'all morning with us. We'll be back tomorrow. We love you. We out of this thing. Peace.